Don't look back because the market is closed. <clears throat> Good Tuesday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harrods here with the Deadly VR Investing Podcast. Hope you had a great day today. You know, we're all getting ready for Friday, aren't we? <clears throat> aren't you all excited? I, it's just so incredibly boring, isn't it? My God, if somebody had told me in college <clears throat> that I would be hosting a podcast, whatever that was back in 1985, whatever, that I was host, be hosting a podcast one of these days, doing a recording, and talking about a Federal Reserve chairman giving a, a speech at Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and everybody was on sitting on pins and needles, I would have told you you had lost your mind, that my life turned out way more boring than I thought it was going to be. But folks, this is where we are. No one really cares. I'm telling you straight, nobody really cares. We know what I'm telling you. Here, here's the deal. Jay Powell, <clears throat> I'm going to save you the trouble. On Friday, Jay Powell in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, is going to say over and over and over again, probably 100 times, okay, a ballpark, 100 times, take the over under, I think probably take the over. Uh, it's data dependent. It's data dependent. It's data dependent. That's what he's going to do. And he, we know this because that's what he did at his last presser following the last uh, Fed meeting. Meaning, yeah, we don't know what we're going to do. Yeah, we definitely are going to, we're serious about fighting inflation, but it all depends on what the numbers are, the data, right? How, how much is inflation coming down? Is it coming down? How much is the economy slowing down, right? Folks, we're getting very clear signs here that the economy is slipping into reverse. This is what the Fed's watching. Today, new home sales came out. The slowest growth in new home sales since 2016. That's the July data. Global PMIs, global manufacturing, global servicing, all of these economic surveys are coming back showing, quote-unquote, sharp slowdowns. We know Europe's going into recession, okay? We know we have... Joe Biden as our pretend president, okay, this is uh, Barack Obama 2.0, who never had 2% GDP growth. Joe Biden is not going to put up big growth. Why do you think they just passed $5 trillion in stimulus so they can stimulate the economy with a communist, a socialist running our our country? This is the way it's going to be because it was exactly like this for eight years under Obama. I'll come back to where I started. Data dependent. That is what Jay Powell is going to say. And the market's going to like it. We're in a bull market. <clears throat> Bear market's over. <clears throat> now, next year, we may have some struggles because, look, we're going to have to deal with a slowing economy for the remainder of his presidency. But I got to tell you, the markets love gridlock. They do. They love D- the, uh, uh, gridlock in, in, in D.C. And after the midterms, what do you think we're going to have a whole lot of? Right? A president from one party. Uh, almost certainly a house, right? The house of, uh, uh, that's going to be run by Republicans and the Senate, which is, uh, who knows, 50-50 still, but you don't know, right? Uh, I still think the Republicans win that too. Uh, but again, the presidency will still be held by a Democrat. So gridlock. But we know about, we know a couple things about midterms and we know about what the markets do afterwards. First of all, in a divided D.C., the markets do better in gridlock in a divided Washington, D.C. than in any other setup period. That's what we know, number one. Number two, we know that the year, the 12 months following the midterms, we're only two, two and a half months away now, the 12 months following the midterms are the best 12-month period to be an investor period. So this is what's coming up, right? And the Fed's just going to have to, really, they should just stop having meetings. They should stop talking. We don't need to hear from Fed governors. Be quiet. Go away. Let us live our lives. 
right? Uh, just don't let, just stop devaluing the dollar. Stop causing inflation because you are the reason inflation exists and leave us be. We don't need to hear from you every single day, right? This is what we got to get back to, folks. Uh, a, a, a life where, dim, where politics doesn't ruin our lives on a daily basis. Politics ruins everything it touches. Uh, as our youngest son reminds me on a daily basis, pretty much, or it used to, at least used to. And uh, we we have no we we have no need to hear from the Federal Reserve and the governors on a daily, weekly, monthly basis at all, right? Let's get back to once a quarter meetings. Anyway, you get my point. We're all over it. Don't need to hear from them. But there are serious macro reasons to be bullish. I'll tell you those next. First of all, the Dow Jones today was down one fifty four, down a half percent. S P hundred down nine points, down a quarter percent. Rust 2000 up two tenths of one percent, and finally the Nasdaq flat on the day. Actually flat on the day. Uh, the VIX today now at 2411. Uh, again, it, it fallen back below 20 on our big blast higher we had following the June lows, and now is slightly elevated here. And the 10-year yield has jumped back up to just a better than three percent, 3.05 percent yield on the 10-year, with an inverted yield curve with the two-year telling us, yeah, guess what, Jay Powell. Economy slowing. Market's telling you that. Moves out front should have told you. Okay, but here are the reasons we're bullish. Inflation's peaked. I don't think there's any question about that. Maybe not in Europe, but here in the U.S., inflation has peaked. Interest rates have peaked. Yeah, the the, the, the high was 35 We're back to 3% now, but I think the trend is pretty clear. Matter of fact, it only goes 40 years, 40-year trend of lower rates. And we think the dollar's peaked. Dollar's been very strong over the last week. Still think it's peaked. I think the direction's lower there. The Fed's already begun their pivot. The markets know this. And pullbacks are a buying opportunity. Also, as we pointed out this morning for our folks, Marco Kalanovic, who does good work at J.P. Morgan, he put out an interesting piece saying that China has bottomed, that China's economy has bottomed. And you know what? I think he's exactly right. Look, I'm still not recommending Chinese stocks. I still believe that Chinese stocks are uninvestable because you can't trust what they have there, okay? But the only reason that China's economy has been as weak as it's been is because there's zero COVID policy, which is insaneville, okay? So they do it for control. They do it to control their people, right? That's what, it's really what the, the pandemic was about here, about taking away our constitutional rights and being able to control us, right? So they can do whatever they want to. They're the government. We're just little bitty peons. That's what China does on a regular basis. But I think, I think Kalanovich has a point here because, again, the equities always lead. You take a look at Chinese equities, and they've been on a pretty big tear. KWeb, the, the China Internet ETF, was up at 1.70% in six months. You know, it's been a, a very brutal bear market. All of Chinese stocks have, and then they, they made the turn. I think they're, 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 they're uh, uh, discounting what's coming in the, in, in, the, uh, in the economy for China. And I think it will lift not only Asian, but emerging market as well. And it also going to provide, is what uh, Kalanovic said, is going to provide support for the global economic cycle. I think he's right about that. The global economic engine will benefit from it, probably at a time that we're nearing a recession globally. So that won't hurt. That's the point I'm making there. Um, and so China will be coming back just as the rest of the world needs some help economically. And finally, uh, one of the biggest reasons we, we've been bullish, that we turned bullish in late May, early June, was that investor sentiment was just so incredibly bearish. And it still is. still is. Fund managers uh, own stocks in, in the, just in the 10th percentile. It's like, in other words, 
They own almost no securities. They are bearish, bearish, bearish. They believe the worst could happen, and then maybe they're right. You know, we may have World War III break out. Who knows what they're going to try to do before the midterms. Maybe these fund managers are right. The problem with that theory is that they never are. As a majority, they're always wrong. It's like economists, okay? If, if the majority of economists are telling you go left, people go right. I'm telling you go right. This is what my mentor Ted Parsons told me uh, back when I was just a youngster, and he was exactly right. Uh, he did exactly the opposite of what the majority of economists told him to do, and I didn't understand it at the time. I completely understand it now. He taught me how to be a contrarian. But again, the same thing applies to fund managers, money managers. If they're really, really bearish, guess what? We should be bullish. These are the signals that tell us to be bullish and that the bear market has ended. Um, I'm jumping around a little bit here, but but why not, right? Uh, here we go. Uh, Ever, Evercore. Evercore's uh, a top technician, Rich Ross, who's very good, has, has, has flipped from bearish to very, very bullish. He believes we're going uh, sharply higher. He believes the lows are in place, and I think he's right. As you know, we've been pounding the table on energy stocks. Energy stocks are a great buy here. They've had a great week. Just as oil's been going lower, something different's happening with energy stocks. Recommending this group aggressively here because the, the energy stocks lead the commodity. That's just the way it happens. There's a discounting mechanism. Again, the stock market leads, okay? And that's what's happening in energy stocks. And if you look at natural gas, natural gas is trading at 14-year highs in the U.S., all-time highs, uh, Europe and abroad. And there's this big divergence between natural gas and oil. We think that divergence is going to be met in the direction of natural gas, meaning that oil prices are going to move higher, as they did today. But energy stocks are really the great place to be. Um, You know what? I've got so much to talk about here, but I'm not going to keep you too long today. I'm going to to wrap with this today. Well, let's get into our internals. I do want to mention something about Tony the Fraud Fauci uh, because criminals need to be uh, put away for a long, long time. First of all, the internals today. Again, another sign, even again, the Dow is down 154 today. NASDAQ and uh, NYSE internals were positive. Uh, slightly negative on advanced decline, but volume was positive by about $500 million worth of trading. And uh, the, the new 52-week high to low list was, again, is just not expanding uh, greatly. 94 stocks hit a new 52-week high to 235 hit a new 52-week low. We don't want to see those numbers start to get up to four, five, six hundred 600 new lows a day. I don't expect that's going to be the case. NASDAQ today was positive across the board. Uh, yeah, positive advanced decline, positive up-down volume. And so we'll take it, even though NASDAQ today was flat on the day. Again, that's not the kind of thing you see when a market, a, at a market that's about to get hit really hard. The internals typically show you in advance they're really weak. By the way, they were on Thursday and Friday and Monday, uh, but, but definitely not the case today. Uh, again, everybody's on eggshells in advance of j and Friday, which is going to be, we already talked about this, didn't we? It's going to be data-dependent, data-dependent, data-dependent. Just get ready for that. Um, in our sector watch today, of our 11 SP500 sectors, we had seven finished lower, four finished higher, led to the downside by real estate down 1.5%, healthcare down 1.3%, and uh, led to the upside by energy. Again, energy stocks up 3.6% today, and materials up 1% today. <clears throat> Again, the thinking is that rates are coming down, folks. Uh, that the Fed is going, is, the pivot is real, and that rates will come down because the economy is clearly slowing and inflation has clearly peaked. Commodity Watch today, 
Again, good day here. We, we needed it. Uh, there's been a brutal stretch over the last two, seven, eight trading days uh, for commodities across the board, specifically gold. Gold today was up $12 an ounce, about 7 tenths of 1% at 1760. Silver today up uh, right at the same, uh, 6 tenths of 1% at 1899 an ounce. Copper, <clears throat> excuse me, copper was up 3 cents a pound today at 368 a pound. And finally, oil. Again, good day today. Up three, just as everybody starts getting bearish on oil, of course, it's going to go higher, right? Uh, again, contrarians win here. Again, the oil story is just such a good story. Natural gas, such a great story, but the real story is energy stocks. That's the play here, folks. Uh, energy, again, oil today, up $3.27 a barrel. That's at the last trade, $93.63 a barrel. And finally for the day, uh, uh, Bitcoin, uh, up 433 at 21565 and I'll wrap with this. We learned yesterday that Tony, Tony Fauci, who had said he was going to last until Biden, the end of Biden's first term, has a change of heart. He's now leaving this year in December. Huh. Wonder what uh, sped up his uh, desire to leave. Maybe because the truth is coming out. You, you, if you haven't seen Tucker Carlson's open from last night, it was a long open dedicated to one guy, Tony the Fraud Fauci. This criminal that has killed so many people, his policies directly associated with people being killed in big numbers. Not even talking about the vaccine, he's talking about lockdowns. He's been wrong on everything, and he's double he's double speaks, he lies day in, day out. This is a guy that should not be retiring with the largest retirement plan of any government employee in history. This guy should be spending a lot of time either in jail or below it. Tony's the fraud Fauci. Peter Hotez, another fraud at Baylor College of Medicine. Uh, great pieces in, uh, today. We covered it in, in, in our write-up. I also put them on True Social and on Getter about Fauci, about the pandemic, and about Peter Hotez, this thug bully uh, that exists to uh, defraud the American taxpayer, make as much money as possible while injuring pretty much anybody he wants to uh, with these flawed, deeply flawed vaccines and medical uh, recommendations. Uh, Peter Hotez, Dr. Tony Fauci, both of you, we're looking forward to Nuremberg too, and the trials that follow and looking forward to having you both under oath to talk about your role in the pandemic uh, that has cost so many so much. All right, folks, appreciate you listening. Hope you had a great day. We'll see you back here again tomorrow after the close.